What the dickens have they done to Scrooge? I hate people. And I don't care if they hate me. Ebenezer Scrooge has been keeping Christmas his own special way ever since Charles Dickens created him 127 years ago in A Christmas Carol. Now, Cinema Center Films has taken this beloved story of the meanest man in the world and made it into a new musical delight called Scrooge. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. I make an awful Dutch. The mighty light is such. I feel as if I lose him was me one for me. And if I had a cannon, I would fire it. To add a sort of celebration touch. But it's got every cannon around my Albert Finney makes magic happen, playing Scrooge as both an old miser and a young charmer. As he's standing beside me, I can see him, he can see me. Alec Guinness brings to life the role of the late Jacob Marley. You don't believe in me, do you? No, I don't. Why do you doubt the evidence of your own eyes? You're an hallucination. Probably brought on by a, a, an undigested bit of beef, or a blob of mustard, or a crumb of cheese, or an old potato. Edith Evans plays the ghost of Christmas past, and Kenneth Moore is the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> Nineteenth century London comes vividly alive in a blaze of song and dance. Ask anyone called Robinson or Brown or Jones or Smith. Their favorite day and they will say. And what version of a Christmas carol would be complete without Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim? World as pretty as a dream. Christmas trees and toys, Christmas hopes. And joys. Christmas puddings rich with Christmas cream. What the dickens have they done to Scrooge? They've made a musical for the pure joy of it. Humbug! It's the Christmas episode of the Film and Water Podcast, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly. Now, of course, for those of you that listen to my other shows, you know that me and my pal Chris Franklin just did our Christmas episode of Treasury Cast, but that's just not enough Christmassy stuff. We have to do another show, another Christmas show. So Chris is back here to do the Film and Water Christmas show. Hello, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're a very talented mimic. You did a great <laughs> bunch of uh, Hanna-Barbera characters on the Treasury Cast show. So, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Scrooge, the 1970 
musical adaptation of the classic story starring one of my favorite actors of all time, Albert Finney, who unfortunately just passed away this year. Now, I will say, every year that I've been doing the Film & Water podcast, I think, Chris, you have pitched this movie to me mm-hmm. around every Christmas. And for some reason, I just never got around to watching it, which is strange because, as I said, I love Albert Finney. Like, I will, I will... I don't need any reason to watch an Albert Finney movie, but for some reason I just never could get around to this. But then, when, of course, when he passed away earlier this year, I was like, all right, I really want to I really want to do this because I just I love this actor so much. And maybe it was the story. Maybe I was a little uncertain that it was like, oh, God, how many versions of this can I hear? But anyway, uh, we're finally here to talk about Scrooge from 1970, the musical version. So before we talk about the plot, although who the hell doesn't know the plot of this movie, uh, <laughs> what is your history with this movie? This movie uh, was one of two uh, Christmas Carol adaptations that aired a lot in syndication when I was a kid. There was the 1951 Alistair Sim version, which is actually my my favorite, but this is right one notch below it. Uh, And I am a Christmas Carol junkie. I mean, this year (laughs) I have already watched... I have watched the Alistair Sim. I just watched it like a couple hours before we recorded this. I've seen the Muppets. I've seen the Jim Carrey. I even found the uh, Henry Winkler American Christmas Carol on Tubi <laughs> TV, uh, which is actually very good. I mean, you know, it's it's actually very good. Uh, I hadn't seen that in decades. So, but uh, this movie, uh, the the Albert Finney musical, would play on. I think it was Channel 19 out of Cincinnati, which was our great syndication channel they they weren't affiliated with any of the networks uh, when fox came along they became part of fox but before that they showed all the good stuff you know all the all the cartoons all the reruns of cartoons and 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 batman and superman and the monkeys mm. and and movies like this i mean like on a saturday or sunday they'd show movies all day long and every christmas they'd roll out the the alistair sim scrooge Christmas Carol and this one as well. And uh, this one is a staple in the Franklin household and in my household here in my dad's house and my sister's house. And, and in fact, when I found this thing on DVD, I got it for my dad and my sister for Christmas that year. So it's, it's just a perennial Franklin family favorite. So. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is the first ever musical version of this particular story. Uh, and you heard in the opening uh, trailer where it says, uh, what in the Dickens have they done with Scrooge? And that was the kind of how they marketed this movie because of just a couple of years earlier, of course, was the musical version of Oliver. And that was a, a big hit. And so they were kind of like, you know, uh, getting audiences prepared for, okay, you're going to hear the musical version of Scrooge, but if you liked Oliver, you know, you like the musical version of that Dickens story, you'll like the musical version of this. So they were just sort of setting the path a little bit as to what people um, could expect. Now, in terms of the crew of this movie, of course, uh, this movie is directed by Ronald Neem. Uh, not a name probably a lot of you necessarily know, but you know a lot of his films. He directed The Poseidon Adventure, classic, uh, Gambit, not the uh, X-Men, uh, Gambit <laughs> with, uh, with Michael Caine, uh, the not-so-great movie Meteor, uh, which is which stars Sean Connery, Chris, Sean Connery. Yes, Sean Connery, uh, yes. Sean Connery, yes. Oh, there's a meteor going to destroy the Earth, um, <laughs> uh, which my dad took me to when I was eight years old. I enjoyed very much. Um, he's also a director of two really terrific 
uh, comedies in the early 80s with Walter Matthau called Hopscotch and First Monday in October. Those are both really great movies that I don't think are terribly known, but uh, he must have really had a good relationship with, with Matthau because he did them back-to-back, mm. uh, which is very unusual for the, to do the same actor and the same director. So he has got a, you know genuine credits to his name. But, of course, the, the, the name that we see in these credits that, of course, you know, Chris, you and I are very familiar with uh, are the songs. Because the songs in this movie are by someone named Leslie Brickus. Yes. And we are familiar with who Leslie Brickus is. So why don't, for people who don't listen to Superman Movie Minute, Chris, why don't you explain who Leslie Brickus is? Leslie Brickus wrote the uh, lyrics to Can You Read My Mind uh, in Superman and also uh, scored movies like Dr. Doolittle and Goodbye, Mr. Chips and Willy Wonka in The Chocolate Factory. Uh, wow. So in addition to many other, uh, but I mean – as far as I'm concerned, the Willy Wonka credit alone, you know, that's that was another perennial of my youth. So, you know, <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's pretty remarkable. I was so, I had no idea uh, starting up this movie that, uh, you know, that Leslie Brickus was involved. And then when I saw the name, I was like, oh, awesome. I was just so happy to see a name that I was familiar with. You know, I was like, oh, wow, what a career this guy had, you know, go from Willy Wonka to Scrooge to Superman. Like, that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, over the. The credits, there is a, it's a series of illustrations by a British illustrator named Ronald Cyril. Cyril I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with his work, but they're really beautiful. They're kind of a little Sergio Aragones-ish mm-hmm. uh, with their little squiggly lines and they're like a million little characters. And they're, they're watercolor and little bits and pieces of them are in color. And then the rest are kind of in like a monochrome sort of thing. But they're really – and the, with the um, – the font, like this kind of like handwritten font in terms of the different credits. It's, they're really quite beautiful, and they really, I think, set the tone of kind of, you know, of course, this is this end, timeless story. But uh, it's a, they're, really, they're really nice. You don't see this kind of stuff anymore. They don't really hire illustrators to do credits anymore. That's not a thing you see, but it, I really like them. Oh, yeah. I always love to see uh, – that was – as a kid, I loved that part because it, it made me – it made me almost – because it, if you look at it, it tells the story right. of the movie. And actually it will spoil the movie for you if, like, you don't really know <laughs> the story. But, I mean, it actually does. And and the illustrations kind of a little bit reminded me of uh, – there's the animated Christmas Carol that Chuck Jones did around this same time that Alistair Sim and Michael Horton – came back and did their roles of Scrooge and Marley in that, did the voices. And oh, wow, I never knew that. Yeah, it's out on YouTube. You should go look at it. It's very creepy and it's it's got it's it's got this it's got a similar art style in a lot of ways. It's really it's really sharp. And so it kind of and I remembered that as a kid seeing that not not nearly as often as I saw this, but I always kind of would I could imagine what an animated version of this would be if they used these designs and it would be it would be pretty sweet. Oh, that's pre- that's cool. I, yeah, I, I, I had no idea that Alistair Sim ever returned to the role. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, that's really cool. So right at the top of the movie, we get our star, Albert Finney, playing Scrooge. Who, now, Albert Finney, uh, in his endless uh, ability to metamorphosize uh, into different kinds of people of different ages, he was only 33 <laughs> when he did this movie, and yet he is playing this miserly uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. And in fact... At this point, Albert Finney was a good 13 years older than actor Michael Medwin, who plays his nephew. Yes. In this movie. <laughs> so, <Yes. laughs> 
and he's got he's got this mostly bald uh, pate, and he's got this long stringy hair, and he's got all these horrible terrible wrinkles, and he's his face is in this kind of permanent. I mean, of course, he's got a permanent scowl, mm-hmm. but he also kind of slightly moves his mouth over to the side a little bit, where he's like, he reminds me uh, accidentally a little bit of um, Bill Murray from Caddyshack, where his <laughs> mouth is kind of always slightly askew a little bit. It's he's he's I mean, as is typical, Albert Finney, he's really going for it. You know, he's he was one of the great actors in, in all the film and theater. And unfortunately, he didn't do him. I think he didn't do an, an, enough movies, really. He seemed to kind of really more be a theater actor and he would only kind of occasionally uh, dabble in films. But, man, I just enjoy him. And he's just he's just a blast in this because he's just swinging for the fences. Oh, oh yeah. And, and Cindy pointed out years later, she's like, you know, I wonder if he's trying to act like like Scrooge had like maybe had a stroke or something because he oh, keeps his mouth in that in that one that one side through the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. and a- after a while, it would kind of hurt. I would think. I would keep- think so. I'd imagine over the couple of months, you know, however long it takes to shoot a movie, and he's in most of the scenes too. Yeah, and I told uh, a year a year or two ago when we watched this. Uh, Danny has, has seen uh, Annie many times, and I told her, "So that's Daddy Warbucks," and she was just like, "What?" She just <laughs> gave me that. She couldn't believe it. And then, uh, she, then when we saw you see him in the flashback, she's like, "Oh, okay, I can see it." You know, with if missing his hair, okay, that's him. You know, because uh, right. obviously Daddy Warbucks he had a uh, bald cap on and or shaved his head or something for Daddy Warbucks. Uh, so, but yeah, it's 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 amazing to see. The way that they—it's such a—it's a more subtle old uh, old man makeup than Hollywood would usually do at this time. I mean, it's mm-hmm. more—it's more believable. It's not so much that it's like—it's almost like um, the—it's not so much the years, but his his uh, his personality and his yes, it, yes. It, it has aged him, you know. And it, it, it his—he's grimy. His fingernails are nasty when they show him mm-hmm. counting the money at the beginning. It's such. There's such attention to detail. I mean, they did such a fantastic job of, of, of transforming handsome Albert Finney into this nasty. He's about the nastiest Scrooge there is, really, I think. <laughs> it, it is, it's kind of remarkable in the opening scenes where his nephew comes to see him. And, he's, of course, he's making, uh, he's making his people work on Christmas Eve. Uh, I, for those of you that are, by the time you hear this, it'll be Christmas Day. I had to work Christmas Eve, so uh, I'm right there. <laughs> I'm right there with you, <laughs> feeling, feeling the pain here. But uh, but it's like it's sort of funny where his nephew is is talking to to you know Ebenezer and like Ebenezer Scrooge is constantly snapping at him and sort of biting his head off and this guy just refuses his 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 nephew just refuses to kind of like get down he just smiles at him the whole time which I kind of like it's almost like he's just yeah this guy's a miserable bastard he almost seems to take delight in sort of tweaking Scrooge a little bit because he just knows how miserable he is and it's sort of fun because he's he's just kind of like. Okay. Yes, Uncle. Okay. Whatever. And Scrooge is like, and he's like barking at him, and the guy, the guy just refuses to acknowledge what you know. You can plainly see that this guy's just miserable. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he's. I really liked Michael Birdwin as the as as Fred, the nephew, because unlike some other ones, and I, usually everybody that plays him does a good job, but. He is having – he realizes that there's no change in this guy, so I might as well <laughs> – I've got to do my due diligence to my family, go in and wish this guy a Merry Christmas, but he's he's probably going to yell and scream at me, and he gets a kick out of it. You know, he's like 
he, he, like you said, he, he's enjoying tweaking him as the, yeah. you know, the whole time, which is, which is great. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> so you've got uh, David Collings as Bob Cratchit. Uh, I, I looked him up. He mostly has just a lots of TV credits. He was in a, a, uh, a movie called Mahler about the musician. He didn't have a whole lot of credits outside of that in terms of film. Uh, he, there's the, the great scene at said where he's trying to, uh, you know, trying to subtly suggest that maybe I could, you know, knock off. And there's this whole thing where Scrooge is like, you're getting paid for it and you want to know what to do in your work. And, you know, it's almost like, again, like he's he's teasing Bob Cratchit because he knows what Bob's asking for. And it's it's already like five o'clock on Christmas Eve, but he won't like give him any like won't give him any purchase. Like he just like he, he's acting like he doesn't understand what Bob's trying to say. And Bob mm-hmm. has to, Bob Cratchit has to kind of just be like real gentle and like, well, you know, it, well, I understand it. it but it is Christmas. You know, he's just trying to. And while I love the the, the 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 physical stuff, that while they're having this conversation, Scrooge is getting money out of his safe. And I love the way Albert Finney handles the money. He he slides each coin. I guess it's like a shilling or whatever. Each one with a finger. Each like he's like he's doling it out in little like little drips and drabs. Like every little coin that he is putting into his palm that he's going to give to Bob Cratchit is painful for him to give out. Like he's just it's like he's not just dumping a whole pile, you know, which he knows is enough. He's like eh eh yeah, like every every little every nickel is bothering him. Yeah, he made he made this guy work till seven o'clock on yeah. on Christmas Eve, but it, it pains him to give him every little every shilling that he he gives him fifteen shillings, right? Yeah. So every shilling he gives him is just painful. Yeah, I, I really like uh, Collings as as Bob Cratchit. In fact, he's kind of who I of all the different versions. He's he's the most Bob Cratchity of the Bob Cratchits, I think, <laughs> because he's thin. It makes sense that Bob Cratchit would be thin, okay? Because he's right. he's poor and he's and there's a there's a painting by Norman Rockwell of uh, of, of Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim that even looks like David Collings, and I know it came years before. So mm-hmm. I don't know if somebody saw that and said, "Hey," or it was just a coincidence. But if you see that picture, I think it was the Saturday Evening Post cover, you know, at some point, and uh, yeah, one of his Christmas covers, and bam, it looks just like him. It's 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 really it's really cool, and and I love his interaction with his kids. We see in the next scene too. It's great. Yeah, when he buy, they're all looking at the gifts, and of course, Tiny Tim is there, and he's very sweet, and he talks about how much he's going to, and he's going to buy them all something, and he's very, it's very nice, and this is a, you know, this is a beautiful looking movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they clearly spent a lot of money on it. I, I read that they reused some of the sets from Oliver, which of course is back when they did that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, and that is one of the things in, uh, we've talked about in, on other episodes of Film and Water, where like, I have such an appreciation for the artistry of, of set dressers and set builders, and it's, I think it's probably a lot of it. It's a lost art nowadays because it's probably a lot easier to just have people stand in front of a green screen and, you know, drop it in later. But these people all had to build this stuff. And, of course, you know, if you're spending millions of dollars to build a Victorian England set, you're not going to just destroy it. You're probably going to be like, well, we're going to make other movies set in this time. So why not reuse it? And you know, I think nowadays maybe people couldn't. You can't get away with that, but who the hell cares? You know, it's like, of course, this stuff all looks the same. Why wouldn't it? It's, it's supposed to be a recreation of a real, you know, London town of, of this time. Yeah, and I mean, it's like the the Universal European Village. I mean, how right, yeah, yeah. how much did they get out of that set? You know, I mean, you know, it's like, oh man, they got a whole franchise out of that set, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love it. In fact, they, you know, I didn't know, but I looked it up. You know, when I we were going to do this. 
actually won an Oscar for right. uh, for set direction, art direction, and set decoration, um, which is totally well deserved. I mean, you completely feel like you're in London of eighteen. They say it's eighteen sixty, and in, in, in this version, it's in the the book was written in eighteen forty three. But you know, well, it. it, it, it you know, moves around according to which version you're you're watching, but they specifically say it's 1860 in, in this one. But it, I mean, it looks it looks sort of like you're there. You know, it, it's it's fantastic, and 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 it's what I'm not a huge musical guy, honestly. I mean, when people break into song, I have to kind of okay, I have to you know, it's according to what kind of movie it is, but I have to kind of put my okay, I'm watching a musical hat on and and get past that. If it's not animated for some reason, but hmm. there's some movies I give a pass to, and this is one of them. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess because I saw it at such a young age, and uh, it, you know, when when he's singing to his kids, and and it, there's the little things that pop up, like when this his little daughter, uh, who I, I told uh, Cindy, it's like. Uh, uh, she looks like little Ron Weasley as a girl. There's something about her that looks like <laughs> Rupert Grant, but she, she's like, you know, what would be exciting if it snows? You know, it just, <laughs> it, we always do that because it's so, she's so cute when she says it, but she really stresses that snows, you know, the way she says it. And it just, it, it just sticks out. It's, 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 it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. Uh, and the, after the scene, after the, uh, the moment with Bob Cratchit and his family, there's this whole sequence of Scrooge where he is leaves he leaves his uh, you know his base place of business and he's besieged by all these people who owe him money and they're trying to you know one person after the next is trying to kind of like can we get an extension on our loan or can we and of course he's you know now 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 and he's not giving them any room uh, for their you know for their debts and he's just basically you owe me this money or whatever and there's this really I mean this we just talked about the sets of how great they are but there's this great moment where he's talking to these two guys. And he walks down to kind of like the waterfront, mm-hmm. and they're behind him. And there's this kind of it's it's not it's not gothic, but it looks a little gothic behind him. And I'm like, this really like you could have just taken this set to make the Batman Gotham by Gaslight movie. I mean, yes. it looks like the you know the London goth version of Gotham City. Yes, it does. I mean, there could be a Jack the Ripper movie film there, right? Absolutely. Right yes. And he, and he, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's a few it's a few decades before, but still it's close enough. Yeah, so yeah, close enough. Close enough. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely. And and one of those guys, of course, those are the two guys in every version that stop him to try to give him, you know, money for the poor. And one of those guys is Roy Kinnear, who was also in Willy Wonka, and he right, played right. Uh, Veruca Salt's dad. Uh, famously in that, and he's in Hammer films, and he he was in everything back in the day. Roy Kinnear. So, and actually, he was the one that wasn't he the actor that. Uh, he was the one that Richard Lester worked with several times, and and basically when Roy Kinnear passed away, didn't Richard Lester basically say, "Yeah, I'm done." That's right. I'm directing. Yeah, so good it memory. Into- yeah, that's right. That's right. He was in all the Musketeers films and right. Robin and Marion and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, uh, I I love when Scrooge runs into the two. I think are they sisters? The two old ladies yes. that owe him money, and I like I look at them and I'm like, oh, it's two broke girls. Like that's what he's talking to. He's just kind of these old ladies, and they're like, you know, can you please, you know, give us a little more time? And he's got his ledger out, and he's just ignoring them, and he's just like, no, okay, or whatever. So I mean, they're setting the scene, you know, like like the classic story that Scrooge is just a miserable son of a bitch, and yeah. you know, even though everybody's trying to, you know 
get get something from him a little bit, give him a little more time. They he just is not having it, and then he even gets mocked by these little the kids that follow <laughs> him around, yeah. and they're making fun of him because he's so miserable. And it just you know again, they're just you know what's coming, obviously, because who doesn't know uh, this story? But I mean, it's it's an extended scene where it's Albert Finney just gets to just tell everybody else in the cast to f off. And one of the details I kind of liked during the musical number with the kids. Uh, you see the kids and they're they're smiling and they're kind of mocking Scrooge or whatever, and they have really bad teeth. Yes, which I like that detail because of course you know these kids these are poor kids in London in 1860. They're going to have pretty bad teeth, and I it's kind of grimy to look at, but it's you know it, it's there's that word again from Superman for similitude. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, it definitely it, it looks. I mean, these kids all and 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 most of them aren't honestly really cute. <laughs> no, not really. They're no. pretty rough looking kids, and and uh, I mean, there's a little redheaded boy that's cute. That's about it. And and uh, they're all pretty rough looking, and they you know one Scrooge is going through singing "I Hate People," which I have to admit, some days I feel like singing that song too. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's my <laughs> sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but. Uh, and, and then, then the kids jump in and start singing Father Christmas. Oh, who's that? It's Father Christmas, you know. And and uh, which this is actually, I think, where I learned that Father Christmas is Santa Claus in England. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so I don't think I knew that before, but but uh, as a kid. Uh, but <laughs> I, I love the fact you brought up. This is like the first version and one of the only versions I know where it actually shows Scrooge actively sticking it to people. He's like. Going out on Christmas Eve and walking up to people who owe him money saying, hey, you owe me money. Give me money. Mm-hmm. You know, yep, yep. on Christmas Eve and they're all begging him. And, then, you know, the, the hot soup guy that we'll see later becomes very important in the movie later. Tom Jenkins, he's like, he's like, I'll give you a cup of hot broth every day if you give me two extra months and all this. And he's like, no. And he's like, but put a lid on it. And I'll take it home. You know, it's like, I mean, it's just like he, he doesn't give him any kind of extension or if he does, he charges them interest, but he's still taking stuff from him. He takes something like a pair of socks or a shirt from the old women that are selling clothes. And yep, yep, I mean, yep. it's just, he's such a, he is such an SOB. It's all, <laughs> but he's it really great. Is. <laughs> yeah. I like said, it's, it's Albert Finney. Just like he's having a lot of fun. So then he gets back to his house and here is the beginning of where I really think this movie uh, really kicks into gear. Because, first of all, we see the first, what we believe is a ghostly image of Jacob Marley. And Jacob Marley is kind of played by somebody famous. Uh, for yeah. those of you who don't know this movie, uh, Chris, who's, who's Jacob Marley in this movie? Well, Jacob Marley, will the actor that plays him, will become accustomed to playing a ghost uh, quite a bit. <laughs> A force ghost. This is Alec Guinness himself, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I did not. I literally did not know he was in this movie until I watched it. I had no idea. Oh wow! Uh, so it was really cool to see Alec Guinness. And later on, uh, we'll talk about it. Jake Marley gets a much bigger part in this movie mm-hmm. uh, than he has in any other version because, of course, they got Alec Guinness. You yes. Get Alec, you know, Alec Guinness was a legendary figure. But anyway, he goes up after he what he sees, what he thinks is an image of Jake Marley in the door. As like almost like in place of the door knocker, uh, he goes into his house and then he sees the first of a ghost, and this ghost is like a ghostly carriage that goes by, and this is, I mean, this is old school practical effects where it's just the superimposed, you know, over the over the film, and it's kind of done in camera sort of thing, and Scrooge kind of is just thinks he's 
hallucinating because he doesn't really take much notice of it. He doesn't seem to be scared by it. But this is, I would say, probably in terms of the visual effects, the closest to a live action Scooby Doo that you'll ever see because it looks ju- the ghosts look just like the Scooby Doo ghost. Yeah, they do, and the haunted mansion. They it yeah, look, right, right, right. It, it looks to me. I mean, it's I get the Scooby Doo thing too, but I mean, it just the 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 period and and it looks like it's a ghost atop a carriage or a hearse, and and he's like Merry Christmas, Governor, and he's got this you know kind of graspy voice as he comes by, and it's super creepy, but but in a fun way. And as a kid. I always remember that. So, oh, this is the one that's got the extra ghost in it. You know? mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and I, I, I like that when that ghost goes by, he doesn't like. It's just an extra ghost. You know what right. I mean? Like they, he's not, he's not one of the ghosts of Christmases. He's just they, you're, they're just setting the tone for what he's about to say. And I like it. It's just a weird little detail. You're like, wait, why is there a ghost? All right, and he just, he just moves away i mean obviously they know it's it's you know it's a portent of what's going to happen but i like that they threw that in and the effect is it's just top notch like it just yeah. looks great it, it has solidity it has you know like it's that's a real guy with a real horse with a real carriage probably painted white and mm-hmm. then they superimpose him and it just looks terrific yeah it looks and it's kind of shimmery in the background first yeah. as it gets closer yeah. it gets more solid and yeah it's it's really really super well done and 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 the set of scrooge's uh, home his townhouse or whatever it is such a na- i mean it looks like some nasty the nasty rundown place he's too cheap to keep it up yep. it's it's it you know at one time it was nice and and opulent and everything, but he's just let it run down because, again, he's such a skin flint, he won't pay to keep it up. And it's covered in cobwebs and just run down looking, and, and it's, it, it suits him completely. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's a manifestation of his personality for sure. Right. Uh, so then Jacob Marley shows up, played by Alec Guinness. And Alec Guinness is having a – I mean, I already said Albert Finney looks like he's having a good time. But Alec Guinness is – totally hamming it up I yeah mean, the way he walks he opens the door and he like slinks in and yeah. he's got these chains on him and he has this weird kind of like he like undulates back and forth and he has this weird kind of look on his face so he's i mean i read that he didn't have a great time on this movie because apparently the, the uh a lot of the effects were kind of a pain but uh from what i heard of alec guinness he kind of sounded a little bit like a kind of a miserable guy yeah. so in a lot of ways so i'm not surprised that maybe he didn't have a great time in this but but I mean, it's it's. I love how he looks. He's painted, you know, ghostly white except for the great change. But it's he he kind of almost does it a little, a little like uh, a little fay. Like he's like he's like oh Ebenezer. Like he's just you know he's got a little bit of that kind of to it. And it's it's really cool. He looks great. And of course, it is just fun watching these two titans of acting play these classic parts. Like it's just fun watching these two guys you know face off with one another that had to be fun to be an actor uh you know to play off somebody of like that caliber i mean finney and guinness are just like these guys are just having a blast doing this with each other yeah i mean they i love his take on marley is is singular nobody else ever played marley because he usually marley is this moaning whining oh woe is me literally says oh woe is me in a lot of versions you know and and alec guinness's marley is like he's a smart ass i mean you know basically he's got this and he's got the way he does those weird movements it's like it's it's like this method acting approach to him like floating i think you Mm -hmm. know it's like he's literally like he's ethereal and he's 
floating and he does this weird these weird hand gestures and 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 it's really effective and i mean he does get on he gets you know does scream at him with his and and flies up in the air with his chains and and and, you know makes scrooge scared when he's you know at first doubting his senses like he does in every every telling but he's 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 having you know he does mention that you know of course this he's he's got this deal for him He's going to try to help him out, you know, but he's, he's enjoying sticking it to Ebenezer, you know, scaring yep, the yep. crap out of him, making him feel uncomfortable. And you just get the idea that, yeah, Marley's, you know, he's, he's paying for the way he lived his life, but he's kind of in a, his own, this version's made his, his peace with it to a point, And he's getting what little enjoyment he can out of it by being, you know, a snooty smart ass about it. basically. Yep. <laughs> What is the deal with the head bandage? Do you give an idea what that's for? Like, it just, it's a weird look that he's got this bandage uh, under his chin, over his ears, and around the top of his head. It doesn't, I, I don't know exactly what it is. Like, why, did, did, why does he have that? Didn't they used to do that uh, when people died to keep their mouth from going slack jaw? Because, you know, that's before they embalmed people. And, oh, I have no and, idea. And would fix the, I think they did that. Like, because, oh, you know. wow. Because there's a picture, oddly enough, there's either it's a photograph or a drawing. It's one of those that's kind of hard to tell. I've got an annotated uh, version of A Christmas Carol that's got, you know, the the actual original book and then all these different notes and different artwork and things and there's a picture it's either a photograph or a drawing it's hard like i said it's again hard to tell of charles dickens on his deathbed and oddly enough he's got the same thing he's got the the tourniquet type thing around his uh, under his jaw and around the top of his head tied to a knot and i think that's what that was and in the (laughs) the animated version that came out a few years back with uh jim carrey uh, where um, uh, Gary Oldman was several characters in it as well. Uh, they mo-capped it, and then they did the voices, and he was Marley. And the tourniquet comes loose, and then his jaw is all, like, flapping around. It's really kind of disturbing. <laughs> it, it, it's scary at first, and then he actually, like, picks his chin up and tries to talk. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, I have not. Yeah, you should check it out. Robert Zemeckis did that. You know, it's his same... With his Polar Express and all that right, right. mocap stuff he did, uh, we watched that. Danny wanted to watch that last night. We watched it, but it's 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 pretty good. It gets a little strange in parts. They they padded things out a little bit, but mm. uh, but uh, yeah. So I think that's what that is. I think that was a common practice to basically when you know because they used to would have a wake and basically have a body sitting you know in a home for several days. And, you know, if they didn't do something like that, then eventually the jaw would just go slack and then the corpse would with the <laughs> mouth wide open, you know. So I, th- I think that's <laughs> – Wow. All right. I, I never knew that. That's really – okay. I like that I like that effect. So uh, Marley takes Scrooge on a on – a, you know, kind of – they go flying through the air and he shows him. And there's this really terrific sequence where they're flying through the air and they're just being passed by all of these spirits, all of these ghosts. And this – you know, I mean, everyone knows the the Scrooge story, and it's aimed at children at this point. Most Scrooge versions are meant for children. This has got this sequence with the with the corpses has some real grit to it because I don't believe that at least for some of the these uh, ghosts that are flying, some of them are clearly actors in mm-hmm. makeup. And of course, when you have a, a live actor in makeup. Um, they're going to look relatively healthy because there's a live person under there, uh, no matter what you do with the, the makeup. But some of these, I think, are, are puppets. 
Uh-huh. And so their faces are much more desiccated, and there's a couple where, like, their their seat, their cheeks are all sunken in. At one point, there's a real big close-up of a guy with, like, a missing eyeball, and he comes right towards the screen, and he kind of, like, phases through Scrooge. Mm-hmm. And it's it's got some real grit to it, and I would imagine that if this – you know, if you watched – if you heard there was a musical version of Scrooge and you think you could probably show it to even your your youngest child, a little kid might get scared by it because it's really – it's kind of got like a little Beetlejuice kind of scare to it. Yeah, I'm surprised I survived this because you know how much of a wiener I was as a kid. But <laughs> but yet I, I made it through this every year, so I don't know. Maybe this kind of helped desensitize me to <laughs> such things to where I could, could stand it. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty creepy. I mean a lot of times they'll show – the ghost like trying to help like a uh, a woman on the in the snow on the street with a baby or something and 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 they're just I mean they look like normal people but just but no these look these look nasty I mean they're they they do look like something out of a, a horror FX shop yeah you know yeah. comes flying at them so yeah it's it's pretty it's a pretty it's pretty creepy for for what you would say like you say a light a light musical that a family a family film yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the poster, it's got this thing of Scrooge, you know, like clicking his heels. It look, it, it's it's sold as a family film, mm-hmm. but it's got, you know, it's got enough a little bit. It's got enough horror. I mean, this is a ghost story, after all. You know, it's like one of the. It, it's 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 the kind of thing where it's so famous that people probably don't think of it, kind of. But it it's a horror story. I mean, yeah. it's got any anything that's got goats in it. Is a horror story by in, in, you know somebody except maybe the ghost of Mrs. Muir, but me and Cindy will have to talk about that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, so of course he gets visited by the three ghosts. The first one is the ghost of Christmas Past, played by Edith Evans, who's a uh, an older lady. Uh, she was in films like The Mad Woman of Chalet. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Fitzwillie, and she was in Tom Jones with. Uh, Albert Finney. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, so she was in that with him. So she she's uh, dressed out in red, and she kind of looks like uh, uh, Judy Dench, I would say, if people don't know who this, this actress is. Um, she takes him on a trip to his past, and then we see the love of his life, that at one point Scrooge was in love, and he rejected this woman because he cared more about money. Uh, than he did about her and the, the, the his his woman uh, Isabel Fezziwig, uh dumps him because she says basically I don't want to compete uh, for your love and she's like what are you referring to You're referring to your money you care more about money and there's uh, it's sort of funny when you see these movies kind of out of order and then of course I was much more familiar with the Bill Murray version Scrooged mm-hmm. than this version but they have virtually duplicate scenes where we see the moment where in this version uh, Isabel uh, you know tells uh, tells Ebenezer that she doesn't she doesn't want to be with him anymore and then of course the 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 the, ver- the old version, as he's watching himself in the past, he like literally yells at himself. He's like, "Get back there! Don't do this!" And Bill Murray does the same thing, mm-hmm. where where when Karen Allen leaves him, and he's like, "Get back in there, you idiot!" And it's virtually the same scene. So I kind of like the gloss on it, like, "Oh, it's another version of that." And so um, that's when we get another one of our musical numbers. And I kind of like in the musical number where Tom, um, not Tom Jones, excuse me, Albert Finney, Albert Finney never says anything. In the musical number, yeah. uh, in, the, in sort of the past, I think that kind of gives it kind of like a – maybe not a ghostly thing, but I sort of like that it's – it's we, we never see really, – we don't really hear from him much as a healthy sort of hearty young man. We really mostly hear from him as the, the old version, which I really liked. You know, as, as, of course, I've watched this many, many years, but I, I've noted – 
that when you do see Albert Finney takes over, you know, they show Scrooge as a boy, a few other actors yeah. play him. But when Albert Finney takes over the role, when he's working for Fezziwig, and in this one, Fezziwig's daughter is his, is his uh, you know, fiance. Most of the time, it's a separate, uh, you know, she's not related to the Fezziwigs who he worked for, but it works really well here. And through the, all those scenes, even when she's singing the song Happiness and, and they're out on their dates and like the, the her parents are going with them and they're going out to this, like they're boating over this park and they're doing archery and all this. And, and it's really nice. He is very reserved the whole yes. time. It's like yeah. yep. he's having a hard time being happy even then. It's mm-hmm. like – and it really makes a lot of sense for him that he – you know, he had this wonderful relationship but it's like he couldn't he could he could never fully embrace the fact that he was happy because he had had such a horrible childhood he was left at that school you know all of his friends went off for christmas and his his father left him there at the boarding uh the boarding school he was the only kid left there and he you know he he was so damaged by that that he couldn't even fully accept this wonderful relationship he had and it's it's really you know, other versions, and I keep referencing other versions, but I, it just I can't help it. I can't help it. But yeah, it, it's 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 even in the uh, in the Alistair Simmons, George Cole that that plays young young Scrooge, and he does a great job in it too. But even even he seems a little happier than Finny. Finny, he just kind of smirks every once in a while when she's all making goo goo eyes at him, and he'll just kind of hmm, you know at her. But he, you know, he 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 does seem like he's always preoccupied. He's never comfortable. You know, and, and it makes sense that that he would eventually that would push her away, especially as he gets greedier and more obsessed with 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 you know wealth and and making his way. And it's it's really it's I mean you know it's Albert Finney, of course he's fantastic, one of the best, but he does a great job with without even hardly he only speaks as young Scrooge when she actually comes and confronts him about you right, know, breaking right, her engagement. Right. In those other scenes, he never speaks. Yeah. He just does I just it thought all that was silently. such a great touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, of course, he, then he gets visited by the the ghost of Christmas Present, played by Kenneth Moore. Kenneth Moore was in films like Oh, What a Lovely War, The Longest Day. Uh, he was in a movie called The Man Who Loved Redheads, which I assume is about me. Uh, he's in the <laughs> Disney film uh, Unidentified Flying Oddball, which is on Disney Plus. <laughs> so you should go over and watch that. And he's in a great movie with Rod Taylor called Dark of the Sun, which features one of the greatest fight scenes ever in movie history. If you've never seen this movie, uh, if you ever get a chance to watch it, watch it. It is one of the craziest fight scenes ever in a movie. But anyway, Kenneth Ooh. Moore... Kenneth Moore plays the Ghost of the Christmas Present, and the whole gist of this thing is that the Ghost of Christmas Present just, for lack of a better term, shits on Scrooge. Oh, yeah. This whole sequence. He just insults him left and right, and it's it's really funny, and I love how they decked out Kenneth Moore. He's got this, he kind of, he's got this big beard. He looks a little like, uh, what's his name? Brian Blessed from uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, he does. And he's got this giant robe with no shirt and a medallion. So he's kind of got like this half thing going on. And, and he, this, um, he's got this giant hat made of garland and like, you know, like Christmas garland and stuff with, with actual ornaments dangling off it. And he's kind of got this booming voice and he's like, Scrooge. And it's, it's, the movie to this point outside of the musical numbers has been a little, um, I don't want to say dry. Cause I, I don't mean that in a, like a pejorative sense, but just reserved, I'd yeah. say a little bit. And then you get Kenneth Moore and Kenneth Moore just kind of comes in and just sort of 
knocks the walls down because he's just having fun insulting uh, Scrooge. I really, I really enjoyed him in this movie. Yeah, it's you know I read on IMDb that he was only five foot seven. So right, right, right. They, they got him on lifts, and you know it's because right, it, he looks like he's nine feet tall. Yeah, I mean he's when he when he first comes into the room, you know, and I love the effect of how bright. The room is when Scrooge opens his bedroom door and he's in his, his his living room basically, and he's got you know food and drink piled up to the ceiling and giant turkeys and fruits and uh, cornucopias of food everywhere and 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 uh, and, and this is the only version where the Ghost of Christmas Present gets Scrooge drunk on the, yeah yeah yep. the milk of uh, milk of life, which in its they do this wonderful. Song called I Like Life, and you know, of course, Scrooge says, I hate life at first, you know, but he, he gets him drunk, and and I, I just love the way, uh, at some point, Albert Finney says, Perpetual Spree, and I just love the way he says that, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> he and he just keeps wanting to get more of it, and it's it's funny because they then they go to, you know, of course, they go to the Cratchits and uh, they go to Fred's house, and and they're, they're they're throwing a party, and and uh, he's he, they of course he toasts to Uncle Scrooge, and everybody gives him crap for toasting to his awful uncle, and 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 uh, and he, he's getting mad about it, and, and the Ghost of Christmas Prince like here, drink more of this, you know. <laughs> so he gets him happy again. Then he gets involved in the game that they're playing, and it it, it this sequence is a whole whole lot of fun. Except it really is. Except of course when you get the downer, he actually gets to see a. You know Bob Cratchit's the way Bob Cratchit lives, and the fact that Tiny Tim's so ill, and and uh, you know of course like all versions, the the uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present when he when he shows remorse for the fact that Tiny Tim might die, you know he throws back his famous line of uh, he better do it and de- deplete the surplus population, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ooh, man, you know. It's like, it's, it's <laughs> when I was watching the Ghost of Christmas Past uh, or Present uh, fly through the air with Scrooge, like I'm. First of all, it's flying effects, you know, like really great flying effects, and it's like I, I, I'm starting to hear like. Can you read my mind? <laughs> I mean, the same joke. Yeah, I did. Do you know the things that you do to me, Chris? Ghost of Christmas Present? <laughs> I was just like, get up and look at it. Uh, but yeah, that's a terrific, really fun sequence. And it's, again, I, I don't mean to say that the film is, is not energetic before this, but Kenneth Moore, just with his, just by the sheer energy of his performance, just kind of is like a real lift in the middle of the movie. And it's, he comes right at the middle part, like right at the hour mark. And yeah. he just has this great energy to it. And it, it this is one of those things where I was only really not familiar with Kenneth Moore. I've heard of him, but I didn't really – I've never – think I've – other than uh, Dark of the Sun, I haven't really seen too many of his other movies. And now I kind of want to find him in other things because, like, boy, he just – he really enjoyed this. He's just big and booming and he's fun and I love it and it's – it's 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 a really really great uh, piece, and so and he even gets drunk too. Later on at the party, I like he's actually sitting there getting drunk, and his like his hat starts getting askew. Like he yeah. really enjoys himself. <laughs> um, so then, of course, we move on to the Ghost of Christmas Future, which is uh, the 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 Grim Reaper, basically yeah. the Grim Reaper, and this. I mean, he's played by an actor who I think was just mostly a stunt man. Uh, named Patty Stone, uh, and it's funny if you go to Patty Stone's IMDb page, his picture is the ghost. Yeah, uh, you don't even see his face, so he's just, I mean, he didn't have a lot of parts. But I mean, and um, this 
you know, after well, first of all, he he shows Scrooge the future where uh, there everybody's outside of his his office. And they're talking about what a great man he is and what a wonderful thing he's done for everybody. And Scrooge, of course, doesn't figure out that what they're talking about is what everybody's so happy about is that Scrooge has died. Uh, He doesn't get that. He thinks they were like, oh, I must have done something great. Everyone loves me. And he doesn't even notice when they wheel his body out. Of his office, feet first. Like they put him out and they bring out the the the, the, uh, the coffin, and he doesn't even notice. And he's busy talking, and of course nobody hears him because he's a ghost. He doesn't even notice that the reason everyone is so happy, and they're singing the song "Thank You Very Much," which is probably the most famous song out of this, is they're wheeling Scrooge's corpse, and they wheel it out to the graveyard, and that's where he gets followed by the the ghost. And it's great. I mean, it looks terrific. And when they get to the grave, uh, we he turns around and he sees the face. Of the Ghost of Christmas Future, which is full on skeleton, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it it it's not dissimilar from what you might have seen in like the Tales from the Crypt movie from the time or the Vault of Evil. Like it's a genuine horror moment. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's I mean straight up. I mean that that that's another thing. This is the you know beside it being a musical, that's the one that always got that it's got that that you know he turns around and boom it's a skeleton with a skeleton hand it's a skull yep. and yeah and, he, and yeah it's it's great but backtracking a little bit i gotta talk about thank you very much because just I, I that i think that's one of the best like like musical dance sequences in any film because i mean they go through that wonderful set we were talking about yep. with the tom jenkins hot soup man character Right. Dancing on top of his coffin through the whole, <laughs> literally dancing on top of his coffin through the whole through the whole sequence. And like you said, Scrooge never figures out what they're doing. He thinks they're he, he does an acceptance speech that they can't hear while they're wheeling the coffin. It, it's just it's just wonderful. And it's you know that like I, the thank you very much song has been part of my family's you know vernacular for years and it was funny a few years back i was in a hallmark store and i i i was looking for a card or something i literally picked up a thank you card not christmas related at all open it up and thank you very much oh wow very much so it's like wow it's even exists outside of christmas you know it's like it so it's like a lot of people know that i feel like this movie isn't as well known as it should be nowadays but I, i do feel like a lot of people know that song and 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 they know it comes from this, so it's definitely the most famous song. But yeah, it's it. it but to go from that, you know, and and into and then we see you know uh, Bob Cratchit at, at Tiny Tim's grave too, and you hear Tiny Tim's little song again that he sang when we saw him in the Ghost of Christmas Present sequence. Uh, you 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 hear his little voice over over top of that. It's just oh, it's it's awful. And then you get the then you get the ghost of uh, Christmas Future, the the scare reveal, and then you get the scene that it, it usually was cut out. Right, uh, I saw that on the IMDb trivia that when they show this on television, this is the scene that's always cut out. Yeah, it's it's not. It, this is definitely a scene they created for this movie. It's not in the book. Literally, Scrooge is shown going to hell. He's shown. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love this part. <laughs> First of all, the shot. There's he falls. Oh, but we should mention. I just the thank you very much song was nominated for an Oscar for best original song. So right. obviously it was the song that people really of all the songs in this film, that's the one that really popped because it got nominated for an Oscar. But when when Scrooge falls into hell, right, he lands in his a coffin shaped kind of uh, carve out of the uh-huh. ground and it's all red. 
Yes. And just by itself, it's it's a real kind of like psychotronic image. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you saw the film uh, Mandy with Nicolas Cage from mm-hmm. last year, which is this crazy movie with all it, it it is basically the the side of a of a of a van from 1970s turned into a film basically. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just that kind of crazy colors and weird. You're like, what universe am I living in? And this shot of Scrooge laying in his grave and it's all just done in reds is really powerful and great and it's again it's got a real grit to it and what is aimed again as as a musical for families it's really kind of intense and i i thoroughly enjoyed this this part is just oh, it's just great yeah and i mean it something about that him laying in that red coffin in the stark relief against the black and then yep. and then him being in hell it honestly reminded me of the lava scenes in superman the movie because the way it's yes, lit yes yes it, it brought that to mind so yeah <laughs> yeah that is that is exactly what it looks like and i think i even said that when we got to those episodes is that i love that it's color scored like that it's got that monochromatic look and it's scrooge literally in hell Literally yeah. in hell. And one of the great details I love is the, on the rock formations, all the stalagmites and stalactites have got faces in yes. them. Yes, yes. Uh, which is ju- – and, they're, and of course, they're not just regular faces. They're kind of elongated and they look like they're in agony. I mean it. it is a really beautifully visualized take on hell and it's all in reds. And, and that's when he runs into Jacob Marley again, which again, as you talk about, is a scene not in the book. Uh, but but of course, when you get Alec Guinness, uh, you're going to give Jacob Marley, you know, more to do. And he wheels, uh, well, he leads, excuse me, he leads uh, Scrooge into a room in hell, which is cold. It's a cold yes. room in hell, and he's basically, and it's everything is covered in ice. And this is where Scrooge is going to spend all of eternity. And this is where he gets the chains poured on him. The chains that were forged in life, uh, the classic yep. line. And it is, I just, this sequence is fantastic. And I love the guys that wheel the chains on them. They're all these shirtless, oiled guys with black hoods. They they yeah. really look like they really must have walked off of a hammer set. You know, they're yeah. like, hey, we got some executioner guys. Just come in here and do this scene with Albert Fitting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's this whole sequence is great. The, 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 I couldn't help but years later, I'd seen this. I actually did. Occasionally they would show this extended version on TV. I don't know why they would show the whole thing, but I did see the hell sequence as a kid. And as soon as I got the Baxter series, the new Teen Titans, where Trigon takes over the world <laughs> and all, you know, everybody's like frozen in these columns of, of granite and all stretched out in these horrible faces and uh, they're everywhere. That's what it made me think of. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is hell. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is Albert Finney's hell. Uh, but. Yeah, I'd love that. Marley's having such a blast. He's like, he even goes, you know, and like kind of laughs at him. He's like, it's so big. They had to hire more devils to help forge it, you know, basically when they bring the chain into him. He's loving it. I mean, and he's, you know, and and he even tells him bah humbug when he leaves, you know, because he's begging him to help, to help him. The the, the chain looks like the chain they put over King Kong. Like it's comically big, you know, for for a guy to, to, and, the, 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 the ADR is great with like the sound effects. You hear the clinking and the clanking. And, of course, that's the moment where he can't breathe and he's kind of getting crushed. And then he wakes up and we find that he's been 
uh, like almost strangled by his bedclothes. And yeah. that's that's his moment. That's his turn. Of course, in the Bill Murray version, it's that's the thing in Elevator where in the uh, where he's in the coffin and he starts burning to death and he comes out and then he, he realize he has that the mo- the moment of clarity. But here, this is where uh, Scrooge starts to sing and he realizes and he does the whole "Boy, you there!" and it's just all the stuff that you it, you know know from this story. And he does this long sequence and he's running into everybody and of course everyone that he's running into is like like what the hell's wrong with this guy like what's happening and he he goes into a toy store and he buys a million toys for all the kids and he distributes them out and the whole like basically the last 15 to 20 minutes of the movie is just this extended musical number where Scrooge is there and and you know he's turned and there's a funny little moment where he comes out and he's dressed as Santa Claus and as i noticed I didn't notice. I saw it in the, the again the trivia is that he comes out in the red and the white, which of course was not that was not the version of Santa until the early 1900s. So that's a uh, a discordant note in terms of the the history. But you know who cares? Well, also apparently, although I've never noticed it, but apparently the scene where they're uh, in the Christmas past where young Albert Finney is on the carriage ride, you can see a car in a country road behind I, I couldn't, I looked for that car. I couldn't spot it. I, I, I wanted either. to find it, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't either. I guess it's like the boom mic in the, in the Mandalorian, I guess, you know, or something, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, or the cu- cup of coffee in the uh, game of Thrones or whatever, but <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's it, the, the, but the father Christmas, but I mean, this, what other version does, Scrooge dressed as Santa Claus and go through the streets, you know, and I, and I love that he comes, you know, a lot of time he'll send the turkey, the giant turkey over to the, right. the Cratchit's house. But here, no, he comes with all the presents. And and I love the reaction he gets from Mrs. Cratchit when he pulls the beard down and shows him who he is. And, <laughs> and she's like, ah, Mr. Scrooge, he's gone mad. You know, it's just <laughs> <laughs> And then Bob Cratchit thinks he's gone mad too, of course. Right. You know, but uh, uh, it's it, yeah, this 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 one definitely. Of course, it kind of takes away that moment of of Cratchit coming in the next day, and then Scrooge, you know, trying to act like he's still awful and miserly, and then and then saying, "I'm going to raise your salary," you know, and all that. He he does it here instead, but it's right. okay because they get the extended musical musical scene and and uh it's it's just uh they go through thank you very much again and and uh it's it's just great and i love how scrooge the, all this great everybody's dancing through london i mean the whole town's come out they're dancing they're joining in the song and he gets winded and tired i was gonna <laughs> mention that i love that moment because he's an old man i yeah. love that he's like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that's a great detail yeah, and he, you know, and he, he's, he has to go walk, he, and everybody's still partying and hooping yeah, yeah. and he just kind of he kind of sli- slowly, silently slinks away from it. I love it. <laughs> That's great. I thought that, I really thought that was funny. That was a really great comic beat. That it's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's full of energy, but he's still an old man, you know, and he probably hasn't treated himself too terribly well. I thought that was great. That was a, I thought that was such a nice touch of. I don't know the screenplay or the director or whatever, but it was it was great. And so, and then he at the the final parts of the movie he goes back to his home and he goes and he sees the door knocker again uh, for Jacob Marley and he puts uh, the Santa hat and the beard on it and he talks to it and he basically just talks about how he's a changed man. And it's you know and that's pretty much the end. Of the, the movie ends with that shot of the door knocker and it says Merry Christmas and made at Shepperton Studios, which of course it was. Uh, I mean, it's it, this is just this was a really delightful film. I had read that they originally offered this to Richard Harris, uh, 
mm-hmm. and he had to turn it down, and then they offered it to Rex Harrison, uh, and then he turned it down, and then they went with Finney, and originally I think they had offered it to Finney, and he had said no, and then they went back to him, and he read the script and realized that he wanted to do it, and you know, this is just – I really enjoy Albert Finney. Not too long after this, uh, he would go on to do Murder on the Orient Express, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Another movie where he is playing someone way older uh, mm-hmm. than he was. Uh, but, I mean, I just – every th- I, every movie I've seen him in – I mean, not every movie he's ever been in is good, like you know, Looker, for, for instance. But he is interesting in them. And when he's in a really good movie, it's just the best thing. And so I am really glad that I finally got around to watching this because I, I was really charmed by this. It's, I, I think the music is, is okay. Uh, other than thank you very much, I don't think the songs are terribly memorable. But the, the ghost stuff, the horror stuff is so well done. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where Ronald Neem never really got to do a straight-up horror film. And I'm like, he had some real facility with it. This is this is really good stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised, like, Hammer or somebody didn't try to get him yeah. involved in, in the, or Amicus or somebody. Because you, you've, got, you've got several people, the... Uh, uh, the 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 guy that ran the toy store, the toy shop owner, was played by Jeffrey uh, Belden, who uh, was in a lot of Amicus movies and stuff. So there's oh, okay. a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of connective tissue to the British horror uh, movies that were going on at the time. I'm surprised Peter Cushing didn't show up in this film somewhere, but uh, <laughs> if only, right? But but he's probably uh, shooting four other movies that day. Yeah, he probably was. Yeah, that's probably right. But but uh, yeah, it's a shame they didn't get him to do uh, to do another horror because yeah, there's there's some genuinely creepy uh, creepy for the time uh, stuff in this film, and it's it it it's got like you said enough of an edge to it to uh, to kind of make you sit up and whoa, wake you up here and there and mm-hmm. a few yeah. scenes in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like I love Scrooge with Bill Murray, but I mean, other than one brief moment with the, the, which I already talked about the scene with him in the, the coffin where he's, uh, it's burning and he's in it. Yeah. That movie, that movie's never to me scary at ever. Yeah. It's always straight up a comedy, but this has got some real kind of creepy horror elements and I, I really enjoy it. So I am, I'm very glad that I finally, uh, you've been bugging me for years to do this, and I'm finally glad we had a chance to do it because, like I said, it's Albert Finney passed away this year. Um, they mention him in the uh, the the memorial segment for TCM every year when they do that. That thing makes me cry every year when they when they do they do that thing yeah. so well. And I I sort of like not forgotten that he was gone, but I you know just remind like, oh God yeah he passed away and uh, he hadn't been in a movie in several. His last film was Skyfall. Uh, he had not done another movie since then, and it's it's a damn shame because he was really a tremendous actor. Sounded like a guy that really kind of enjoyed his life and and uh, lived a big life, and and so he was great here. And so thank you so much, Chris, for for pushing me to do this because I wanted to do a Christmas show, and I'm glad we got a chance to talk about this really terrific Albert Finney movie. And if you can watch this, it's on DVD. I don't know if it's on Blu-ray. Uh, but it's on, I think it's on, it might be on Amazon prime too. So, I mean, it's, it's available. You can find it. Yeah. TCM usually shows it, uh, around Christmas time too. So they may, they may air it. Uh, well, if it's air coming out on Christmas day, you're, you might be a little <laughs> hard pressed to find it, but yeah, but you can probably go on Amazon prime and find it. It's, it's well worth it. It's, I'm glad, uh, you, you finally agreed to, to watch it, Rob. <laughs> 
It's terrific. It's really terrific. It's really fun. It's yeah, like so much more it. to it than I imagined. So. Yeah, it's it, I got to watch it every year. It's, it's not Christmas if I don't watch this this version. And uh, I just I love it. I love it to death. So thanks. Thanks for giving me a, a venue to talk about it. I, I enjoy talking about it with you. All right, no problems. Well, good. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, the show will be back next week. We have another episode of Film and Water coming up, covering some very, very different material than Scrooge. Trust me. Uh, so, Chris, before we uh, sign off, why don't you tell people where they can find you here on our network? Oh, you can find me on JLUcast that I uh, host with my wife Cindy. That's where we talk about the Justice League animated series. You can find me on Superman Movie Minute, where Rob and I are just wrapping up Superman Two, yep. uh, and occasionally do a wonderful toys on FW Presents. And Cindy and I do Supermates, and you and I do Power Records, and Ryan and I do Nightcasts. And I'm sure I'll find something else to do at some point. So I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Same thing. I'm all over the network. And of course, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash FW podcast. And there for different uh, donations, you can unlock rewards, one of which is to be name checked on a Fire and Water Podcast Network show of your choice. So if you want to get named here on uh, Film and Water Podcast, just go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash FW podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday. And uh, I guess for the Film and Water Show, we will see you technically next year since next wednesday will be january 1st 2020 (laughs) so until then that's a wrap thank you very much what happened what's happened what the devil am i doing in a pile of snow in the middle of the night that's what i'd like to know where are we now scrooge over there lies the lavish home of robert cratchit esquire who owes both the opulence of his surroundings and the magnificence of his Christmas celebrations to the high principles and generous spirit of his employer. I want to look in the window. It will cost you nothing, which I'm sure will be good news for you. Will they be able to see me? No, which I feel sure will be good news for them.